Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome back to another episode of the Peak and Flow podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about how to change habits, how to actually change habits. So when leaning on a, uh, a framework, which we lean on a fair bit, which is called The Quadrants by Ken Wilber, we've got four quadrants, surprise. First quadrant, second, third, and fourth. First, second, third, and fourth perspectives. Now, why is this important? Well, Let's say first-person perspective is our inner experience. It's the thinking, feeling. It's the where we make meaning. It's our intention, right? Our first-person experience. Our second-person experience or second-person perspective is a shared experience. So shared values, shared communication, shared experiences. It's culture, community, support, and so forth, right? It's it's intersubjective, but it's still true and it still occurs. We then have third-person perspective is when we start to be objective to something which is literally pointing at our objective body as well. So we're literally just object to something. Uh, but at the same time, that's pointing to our brain, our behaviors, our way of doing, way of going. And then fourth person perspective is starting to look at things such as systems, the natural environment and plans and procedures. Now, why is this important? Well, habits fit into the third quadrant, the doing quadrant, right? Commonly, people and with all those quadrants people will have a driver quadrant they have one that they value the most and what they'll usually attempt to do is use that quadrant to solve a problem in another quadrant so for example if someone feels a particular way they struggle with something mentally they'll try and create a plan fourth quadrant if that's a driver they'll try and create a plan on how to get around that rather than actually understanding it from a first person perspective the same can be seen for things such as anxiousness, where they, once again, leaning on that first person, they may lack this inner understanding of the thinking and feeling that they actually do that creates a sense of anxiousness within them. Instead, they go, I feel anxious, so I go exercise and do a, do a different quadrant exercise, right? A doing, way of doing, to try and solve that. So they're actually attempting to solve a problem from a different perspective rather than that actual perspective. And it may be because they're not that strong with it. It's the same if somebody has a time management issue, right? And they're like, well, maybe I just need to think of it differently. <laughs> if I think of it differently, then I'll do it. It's like, or you can just show up on time. Like it's... <laughs> it's it's looking at actually all quadrants, and that's little Ken's work, Ken Wilbur, who created the quadrants. A qual is all quadrants, um, all lines, all levels. But the point that that's really pointing to here, and what I want to look at is commonly people attempt to just change the habits. And because the objective components are so much easier to measure and so much easier to observe, we attempt to go, this habit makes me feel like shit, so I need to change that habit, not realizing that potentially that habit once used to treat or serve you in a way that was created a positive experience for you. Now, as an adult, it may no longer be providing that. The difficulty though is that we go, I'm really good at doing even though I hate doing this thing that I'm doing. So I'm going to attempt to change this doing, not realizing that that doing is still feeding and supporting a thinking or a feeling or a condition that I put on my own worth or love or connection or something along those lines. And so this is why we can sometimes self-sabotage because we look at this behavior, we go, I don't want to do this behavior anymore. I need to change it. So we attempt to change it and cognitively it makes sense to change it. But in the background, it's actually feeding certain things. An example of this is I had a client who um, would be a little bit under-responsible when it came to their food and nutrition and diet, and especially when it came to cooking. And that was on behalf of one of their other friends being like, I'll do it for you. It's fine. I love cooking. 
And so this under-responsibility was actually driven by when somebody was to behave like that towards them, it meant that they were connected to someone. So it was on behalf of connection. So for that person to go and actually make their own food and, and cook their own meals and, and follow a recipe, the difficulty for that for them is that in the back of their mind, they, they felt lonely as opposed to what they did do is associate someone cooking for them as I'm being cared for, I have a connection, this is a friendship, this is love, and so forth. It meant that when they were actually trying to look after themselves as themselves, they actually had this laid with this emotion of loneliness. Can you see why, when we just try and change a behavior, we actually have to also look at the meaning and the value that's driving that behavior? Because if we're not addressing that and seeing it for its positive intention, it will continue to show up in what commonly now would be unhealthy ways. There was this beautiful meme just came up as uh, relevant for this conversation and this guy woke up in hospital the doctor said who are you and uh, he goes what's your problem and the guy goes "Uh, I'm an addict and he goes no that's how you treated your problem what's your actual problem and when we can look at things like that we realize that a lot of the behaviors are actually just symptoms of a deeper problem I've mentioned this a few times but think of a problem sometimes is a deeper need and so I have a deeper need and I'm attempting to fill that need through this form of behavior now what's happening is that as an adult that behavior may no longer be getting it may no longer make sense and so we try and change it but we we got to also address the underlying need that that's also feeding if we don't do that then this is why we'll come back to it because we've got a unconscious condition that if i do x i get y so if i remove x i don't get y so i need to go back to x to get y because it's this delusion that i hold in mind this myth that there's a condition on my worth or love or success or something along those lines, connection, a whole range of different sort of needs. Uh, And if that's not being met, how else will I meet it? And so this is why it's important. If we're going to look at actually changing habits, we need to look at the meaning and the value that's driving that way of being, that, that behavior to begin with. So how do we do that? Well, one of the key things there is going, what meaning have I associated with this behavior? Like what's the value behind it? And to give you an example, it could be a desire to be efficient, right? Optimization, which by the way is a complete doing. It's absolutely, how do I do this? How do I be more efficient? How do I optimize these conditions? How do I optimize my behavior and so forth, right? Which commonly is is actually associated with high judgment, by the way. And so when we're looking at this then, we go, well, let's say the behavior is... Um, I'm not being efficient, right? Uh, And so if I'm not being efficient, then I feel bad. And so the problem there isn't the inefficiency the person perceives. The problem is the the feeling bad. Like what, what does it mean to not be efficient? Well, it means that I'm wasting my time. Okay, so what does it mean to, what meaning have you made about wasting time? It's like, well, what's the point? I'm literally wasting my life. And so what does it mean then? Um, what would it say if you were wasting your life? Well, it means like, what's the point? I'm, I may as well die. It's like, right. So you can sort of, I'm generalizing here that there's this connection with if I'm not being efficient, then I'm literally wasting my life. What is the point of even living? And you can hear that in people's language. And so all of a sudden we go, right, there's a meaning structure here that's actually driving this motivation to continue to optimize and be efficient and, and be good at whatever they're doing. At the same time, as soon as they get tired, fatigued, or there's other things going on, which means that they're no longer meeting those mental conditions that they made up in their mind, then they start to feel bad. That's usually the problem. And what's happened, and I've had this with people before, is I'm like, right, they go, but I don't think that's the issue. I think my time management, my systems, my procedures is the issue. 
So they've got this inner experience that they're, that they're experiencing and they go, rather than going, what's that on behalf of? What's the meaning? What's the value? What's the positive intention? They'll go, so instead, I'll actually just try and be more efficient and I'll do that by planning better. <laughs> As if they're a worker that needs to be whipped based upon a calendar rather than an actual subject to be understood. And sometimes people go into this space and their concern is that they will stop being efficient or being successful or achieving when in reality, our ability to learn to take the pressure off us means that we're actually doing it by choice. There's more passion involved in it. There's usually way more creativity involved in it. And so it's no longer driving their behavior. They're actually choosing that. And there is a key difference. When we start choosing to do the thing that we used to be felt compelled to do because if we didn't we felt bad and people do this with the gym right a big pr for people in the gym is when they start going to the gym miss a session and not feel bad that is a massive pr when they go to the gym one day and then they're so used to just berating themselves and going again and going again and going again because you know hustle and grind and then the day they don't go to the gym because they choose not to or they couldn't make it because of other sort of external factors they don't feel bad. That's a massive PR. Don't doubt that. I mean, what's happened? The gym hasn't changed. The program hasn't changed. Their inner meaning changed. Their inner meaning matured, right? And this person shows far deg- far greater degrees of healthier on inner game and the outer game. And so this is the key thing here is as we walk down this path and as we unfold, there is far more potential in broadening our perspectives and gaining flexibility in how we choose to show up than simply just going, hard and fast at something that used to flog us and trying to trying to solve the issue in a for you know to go along with the theme in a quadrant where the issue isn't actually occurring right solve the issue in the quadrant the issue's in right i'm not doing anything i'm not doing and i should be doing more maybe i'll make a plan no no you actually just need to do more (laughs) it's it's that oh maybe i should think about it I've been thinking about why I'm not doing things. I know you have. That's the problem. (laughs) It's funny. Anyway, team, that's me done. I'm out. Uh, If you have any questions or you found this podcast beneficial, it means the world to me. If you pass it on to someone else that you think would also find it beneficial. the you can find out more about our retreats and more about our our programs and trainings all in the show notes but that's me done i'm out until next time peace and pizza i'll see you soon 